The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Okay. Isn't the first rule of Fight Club don't talk about Fight Club? First rule of Fight Club never talk about Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club you don't talk about Fight Club. What is the first rule of Fight Club, Proby? Okay, Tony, you can barely turn your computer on, so no offense. No one is supposed to talk about it. First rule of Fight Club and all that. The first rule of Fight Club. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. You can be a man of courage, of honor, of integrity. You can be the father, the husband, the leader that your family and your community needs. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. We are live. This is Fight Hello, Club. hello. Two for the year. Two twenty-two. Yes. First time I've ever been live. I've never done never, you never even. You did at church? Yeah. That, yeah, that was scripted. Though. I was like reading my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have notes. So. This is totally unscripted. Totally yeah. unscripted. Well, we do have a slight agenda, some things that we're going to talk about, but mm-hmm. we can deviate from that easily. But there was a notepad just right really fast. So uh, I'm Josh. Josh Hatcher, and this is Abe, Abe Hatcher, the dapper young man next to me. This is Dwayne Edgar, and we've got Dan Terrish. Coming so, back. Yeah, this is Dan's second, Dan and Abe's second night. Brian was going to be here tonight, but he had to, uh, Brian. He had to go to a parent-teacher thing. Oh, Brian. priorities. Family, family comes first, yeah. so, oh, yeah. so that's definitely yeah. important. That's excusable. So, we've got some snacks, so, uh, Dan's got some coffee, coffee's good. Did you get, did you put it in the manual mug? I did. Oh, you did? Yes. <laughs> Branding. Nice. I might just send that mug home with you, so you've got you can, you can tighten in on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, guys, how's everybody doing? Tired. Tired? Mm-hmm. I'm I, here. I did an interview on my lunch break today with a psychologist who does counseling, and he said that with men, when you ask them how they're doing, if they are depressed... They're upset. If they're feeling anything negative, they say tired. You ask them how they're doing, they say tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that accurate? That's 100%. We got you, we got you on, on live. It's funny that you said that because he just told me that his name is Terrence Z. Johnson. He'll be on the podcast. What's the Z standing for? I didn't ask him. That's a question I should have asked him. Zebulon. Zebulon. Okay, Terrence, if you're listening, you need to tell me what the Z stands for. Up in the chat in time. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yes, yeah, where's the chat? Did the chat come up? Does it show up on our email? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe if it does, it does. Hopefully. Let's see. It'd be awesome if we had it. Maybe I didn't do it right. That's I don't awesome. think so. This is uh, <clears throat> the first time that we've officially done this live. Yep. So we tried it last month and had some issues. So it's all good. So, my dog's going to bother you the whole time. I know. He did last time. That's no big deal. He thinks you're great. Link. I know. That's okay. So, this is, this is my living room, and I kind of just said, hey, what I want to recreate with this is the spirit of, like, the men's groups that we've done. And, you know, uh, those are usually cent- centered in, in the church and centered around God. We might talk about God. That might be part of our conversation, but it's more centered on manly, what it means to be a man and what's happening in culture and 
those kinds of things together, but I want that spirit camaraderie that we have in those discussions. And so my living room seemed like the right place for that. Because, Dwayne, we've had a lot of conversations. This is where it started. This is where <laughs> yeah. Dwayne used to come over and have a lot of conversations with me in the living room. It started with Keen in the bush at church in the parking Yeah, that's true. At right? 11 o'clock. Which bush? <laughs> Which is probably not there anymore. No, they're not there anymore. Oh, you killed it. <laughs> that's very possible. That was back in 2007? 2007. Yeah, that sounds like something that would have had alcohol involved. No, no, in the old days. No, no. <laughs> well, we were yeah. church got out. We had Saturday night church. We got out of church at like nine o'clock, and we just kept talking. It might have been like seven o'clock. I don't know. We just kept talking. Yeah, it was like we talked. My wife called and she's like, "What are you doing? Are you coming home?" Yeah, just another hour, and it was another three hours. I don't know. It just yeah. <laughs> sometimes you get in good conversations. Yes, you, you do. Leave them, you know, this was this was my first group though. The living room looks a lot different than it did then, too, right? Yeah. This is a fun project. So, guys, uh, Dan Robinson was also going to be here. He couldn't, but he had a topic that he wanted to talk about, but we're going to steal it from him and talk about it now because next month nobody will be talking about it. So, so young people are dumb. I mean, no offense, Dave, as a young person. Young people are dumb. Do you agree? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's this trend that they're, that they're I don't know oh. where they came up with the idea, um, where they're cooking chicken in NyQuil. What? What's the premise of it? Is there a premise? So, I, he, there's, there's two things that I think are happening. Either it's not really happening and people are doing it as a joke, just to be funny, or they're doing it because somebody decided to try it. I don't know. Either way, it was so serious that a group of doctors and health professionals started warning people, don't try the NyQuil chicken that you're seeing on TV because it can kill you. I mean, I don't understand it at all. What was well, like, you marinate and cook the chicken in NyQuil. Hmm. And that, that, doesn't even, that doesn't even sound like it would taste good. Of no. course not. No. <laughs> it's supposed to be a stupid, silly thing. Like, I mean, it's the, the equivalent of, like, like four-year-olds making mud pies. You know? Yeah, but you don't need them. Even I knew that. A bait them. A bait them. Did I? No. <laughs> that was good, you think? <laughs> well, young people are dumb. So. Yeah. Well, your brain is not fully formed. Tide time. pods, all that good stuff. That's what I thought. Of. It's a very similar. Or <laughs> the toilet bowl licking challenge. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I no. Think, I think these young people need something to do. That's exactly. Boredom. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I'm sure it started as a joke. I was actually I was actually tempted to to make some just to see what's the big deal. You can use the orange. The orange night. The orange orange chicken. There you go. Orange chicken. Actually, the dake will probably wouldn't be as bad. Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean, it would look better. Just tell people it's turmeric. <laughs> oh man! I I I'm not sure. I think it's a lot like you know whatever the random thing is on the internet. It might be somebody did it as a joke. It became something that somebody else did as a joke, and then it becomes a trend. Whether they might not even really be eating it, I don't know. but whatever it is, it's stupid. And besides that, mom's not gonna like it when you do that to her pan. It's gonna make a sticky mess. Sticky mess. <laughs> you don't have Nyquil when you get sick. Yeah, there you go. I do know that. 
years ago, I, when I was a journalist, I covered I went to this drug task force event, and they were kind of educating the public on the drug problem and what people were doing. And they were saying a lot of young people were getting, they were going and taking bottles of NyQuil and just drinking straight. And they say if you drink about a whole bottle of NyQuil, it can, uh, you can get drunk. Get, well, you can get drunk, but you can the cold medicine in it can actually put you in like a like a almost like a ketamine type oh good good it's, everybody needs to be there yeah yeah <clears throat> and so they were warning you know if you see kids that are walking around with a bottle of NyQuil and then I know that that was a trend again later where some rapper was we call it slizzer or something what? where they would like mix it with with liquor and like Treat the syrup like you would treat to make a mixed drink. Mm. I mean, mm. I'll doesn't be honest, even though, sound if good. I'm sick, if I'm <laughs> sick, I actually like NyQuil. I think it makes me feel like it knocks me out and I feel better in the morning. Yeah, but that's, that's what the cup. For. That's yeah. it. The measuring cup. Yeah, exactly. What Not are, the one cup, the measuring cup. <laughs> what are uh, some dumb things that you guys have done in your That's a great question. Yeah. I was uh, trying to think of something we did. Me yeah, and the neighborhood, the we did. me and the neighborhood friends, we would stand out in the road and wait for a car to come, and like right before dark, and we would need the car, and we'd all scatter. And then one time we would need a cop, and the lights flipped on, and uh, egg in somebody's house, stuff egg. like that, you know. So that can come. Yeah, it can. Stupid. But you've got. Oh yeah. See, I remember. I remember. We used to take those uh, those crab apples up there. We would just like roll them and on the street for cars to go by, and the the cars would hit the apples, and the apples would just explode. Just blow up. Yeah, they would just. So I just happened to think of a stupid thing. There was a lot of stupid. Things. I actually saw my buddy Terry this morning. Terry, if you're watching, I saw him this morning talking for a minute. Um, he we there was a story about somebody in our friend group. Some guys that would go out and they would go drag racing, and then somebody started doing car surfing. And we thought that'll be fun, but let's do it in a controlled environment in the parking lot of the school. Just do donuts, not racing down the street. So I climbed up on the hood of his car, and I reached back and I like it was a big old boat, you know, because the like. But you got to hold the windshield wipers, didn't you? Yeah, I got to hold the, the windshield. When those yeah. windshield wipers were going to hold you on, like in those days, yeah. they were made of metal. Yeah. You know? American. And I held the windshield wipers, and he did donuts. And I I mean, he spun around and spun around, and I wasn't going anywhere, and it was fun. And then he spun around, and then I, I slipped, and I started to go fall off the car. And so I, and my instinct kicked in, and I rolled as far as I could. You know, I'm trying to push, roll and push off the car. He uh, was trying to turn away from me, but missed the direction that I was rolling, so he's actually headed towards me. Oh. Slams on his brakes really fast, because he was right on it. He was smart. And he wasn't going that fast. So the back of his tire, like, barked my heel. Mm-hmm. Give me, like, a stone bruise. Mm-hmm. Mm, man, that hurt. I just that went after that. That's the, the oh, thing. I didn't. They found out years later. Oh. I just limped around. I, uh, Statue of limitations have run out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, like, and we did stupid pranks, like, uh, all of us would cram into a car. As you know, many people in a little car as we could, you know. Um, I think we got, like, 30 people in a, in a Ford Escort one time. Yeah, yeah, that's the clown in me. Or prank phone calls. Oh, because we had pay phones. Or there's the word that you can't say anymore when you knock and run. You know what I'm talking about? There's the word you can't say anymore. 
They called it something knocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. We called well, it ding dong ditch because we were politically correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, who, That's who can't say ding yeah. dong? Who can't say ding dong? What's no. wrong with you? Um, we would do that. Um, we so we would call. See, there's so many dumb things. So there used to be a welcome to what the life what life was like before the internet. There used to be one nine hundred numbers that you could call, and a lady would talk to you in a sexy voice. It might be a lady, it might be a man that sounded like a lady. Talk to you in a sexy voice to get you hot and bothered, mm-hmm. and and it would cost you five ninety nine a minute. Well, every one of those eight hundred numbers or nine hundred numbers also had eight hundred numbers that you could give a credit card instead. And so, if you thought of the filthiest, dirtiest thing that you could think of and typed it in the phone number letters. You know how there's letters on your phone numbers? Mm-hmm. You know. So we'd go out to the payphone at lunch break, and we'd call it. Sorry. Oh, you okay? Yep. That's just, uh, that's just my new pump talking to me. That's no all. But you could call the number, and you'd hear a short recording of a lady talking to you all breathily. Hey, big boy. And then, <laughs> you know, and so we would, we'd call it, and then and yeah. we'd call it with our friends, like, it is for you, and they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, that's so stupid." Um, or like later on, when I became a young adult and I worked for the phone company, so I worked for the phone company. Uh, Sorry. We'd, we'd call those numbers and then forward them to somebody else in the office. Nice. <laughs> so, so At the uh, phone company. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he so they'd pick up their phone and be like, "Hey, baby boy." One day we get a call from a customer, and he is really upset. He ordered an eight hundred. Because uh, you could get your own 800 number, so people would, you would pay for them to call you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the other thing, Abram. Back in those days, you had to pay to call anybody outside of your family. Yeah, long distance charges. That, yeah. <laughs> and so, if you wanted them to not have to pay, if you had an 800 number, they could call you, and, and you, you would pay for the call. Yep. Um, so, this this guy ordered an 800 number for his family to be able to call him from pay phones and stuff. And his number was 1888. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to... Like the word whatever? No, it was 888-something. Now, but 1-800-whatever-that-number was... But something else entirely. (laughs) So his family's calling him from the road, and they're getting, Hey, big boy. (laughs) So he calls, and he's all upset. And I'm looking at the phone, and I'm thinking, This is bringing me back. I, I actually, all those years of being a horrible young man, I learned a very valuable skill here which is how to decipher what the code is. So I look at the phone, and I'm like, it was 1-800-FAT-DIVA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, that was some of the stupid stuff I did. Oh, God. That's a good one. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Holding firecracker, tip your fingers. Yeah. So you can do that. You know, who's, who's the bravest, you know? BB gun wars. Yeah, BB gun. Uh, Roman candle wars. Yeah. yeah. Roman candle bottle rocket wars. Yep. Making bombs. Did you guys make bombs? Uh huh. Did you make bombs? Hairspray and lighter. I. We would take like the you know like the ones they throw on the ground. Just take oh, like those? the gunpowder out of those and then make it into like a bigger one. <laughs> it almost never worked right. I don't think it ever would work. But but then we would like light it on fire and it would just go. So. We had a chemistry teacher who could not get us interested. Us boys were checked out. So he taught us how to make bombs. That's what we did. 
So we just made vines for the rest of the year. Yeah. And then we'd go up and we'd do it on our own in the stone quarry and all those stuff like that. Like you can make, you can make a, I'm just going to tell this on the podcast. This might get me right Salt Peter, Salt Peter, charcoal. No, you can still do give, it. Giving the recipe, you might... Oh, well, so, okay. So what we did is we would take aluminum foil balls and fill up like a Gatorade ball, about three-fourths of the way full. Mark a line where the foil balls ended, then pour Drano over it and seal the bottom. And what it does is Drano is sodium hydroxide, and aluminum foil would react with the sodium, they would bond together and it would release the hydrogen. And it, the bottle would get really hot and then it would swell up and the bottle would explode and just spray it. But we were in a stone quarry, so we set it off and we'd be a mile away and watch the whole thing go up. Right. Nobody ever got hurt. Yeah. But I know that I mean, there are people that would go in the city and just do that in the middle of an alley. By the way, young people... Uh, I would Stupid you, thing. I would rather you make NyQuil chicken. NyQuil chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Good <laughs> gosh. My so own. apparently young people were dumb then too, right? That's mm, yeah. Anything else dumb you did then? Um, that you're willing to sit share? Probably not that I'm willing to share. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a lot of, lot of stupid stuff. Ride the car up down. You remember Fernwood is up on top of the hill? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends had a VW. And uh, they never used to, They just plowed it. They didn't sand it or take it down to dirt up there then. So we had an old car hood. And we used to lash it on the back of his his uh, VW and off we'd go down the middle of that road. 40, 50 Some miles time. an hour. You know, winter time. time. Winter time. Yeah. Put a put a helmet on right backwards, which was real smart. I mean, there was no steering this darn thing. Right. You know, so... It seemed like the top of the Hedgehog was, was the favorite place to do a lot of things that mm-hmm. got in trouble. There used to be a fire tower right there. Mm-hmm. They had a big field underneath it, and that's where we went for our bottle rocket wars and our Roman candle wars, you know. Thank God we never burned the, burned the place down. Mm-hmm. But... You know, like grandma's grandma's uh, trash can lids were always disappearing. <laughs> She's always cussing the trash man out for taking them and not returning them. So, well, the next thing on my list, guys, is another speaking of dumb things kids are doing these days. And I don't want to be that old man. It's like kids these days, but there's there's this stuff that's happening. That just don't understand and. I want to be careful how we talk about it because this could go in a certain direction. When I start talking about it, you'll know exactly what I mean. And I want to be careful because I don't want to necessarily uh, get my channel banned for saying certain things. So you'll know what I mean when we start the conversation. I'm okay. scared to talk myself. Don't be afraid, but you'll know what I mean. <laughs> there are. I saw an article today about a young lady who, in her school. Has, she's identifying. She identifies as feline. As a cat. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are young people that are ident- that, like identify as as canine. Mm-hmm. And they go to school with the ears and the tails. Mm-hmm. And they meow. They have little, response to the teachers. They have litter boxes. And I've heard, I've heard that, but I have not been able to confirm it. I mean, I'm assuming it would vary depending on the individual. Probably. Very on the school district. <laughs> yeah. 
I've heard that there are litter boxes, but every like every time that somebody says this school has a litter box, then the school comes up with a statement saying we do not have litter boxes. But we encourage creativity, blah blah blah. And and this is just ridiculous. I don't understand it at all. Like like now you know what I, where I say where I'm going that where I where I don't necessarily want to go. This is what I, I do believe. I'll say this: I believe there are two genders. Okay, that whole discussion we could have. I'm not afraid of having that discussion, but I'd rather have that discussion offline than have it online and get my channel. <laughs> and what are we ranked educationally worldwide? <laughs> exactly. Like fifty. <laughs> well, and the, the other trend I've seen, and this is very similar but ridiculous, is we've got these young kids identifying as like autistic. Like I identify <laughs> as autistic. Or I identify as, and then they'll pick whatever mental illness. Yeah, there's no see, diagnosis. They're framing a diagnosis. That is completely, absolutely freaking wrong. That is that. That's that's beyond the pale. That's taking this thing too far. Just like I think, if you were to get inside the mind of these kids with the cats and the dogs, you know, I think you're going to find out that. In a lot of them, this is. Let's see how far I can push this. Sure. I, I think that that statement right there may encompass even further into the discussion that we don't want to go. Right. Yeah. It, it, it probably how far does. Can I push this. What kind of mess can I make? Yeah. With a lot like. Or. Lot these or hey, this is a this is a cool way for me to get into the girls' locker room. It could be. Or the cat's I, locker room. Apparently, <laughs> that has happened. Yep. I think what a lot of it is is them having a lack of identity because they don't go out and you know try and do anything for themselves, and yet so so they they don't have an identity, and so they try to figure out that by just saying oh I'm this I'm that this is who I am, and then that's not enough, and so they go deeper and they go deeper they say oh yeah now I'm a cat. Now I have schizophrenia and like thirty-eight personalities. Like it, it's 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 more of a problem with these people not having any way to emotionally express themselves without having to throw a bunch of labels on it. It 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 it, it really hurts. It really hurts just to see it. I um, years ago when I was working at the newspaper. Which was a fun job because all the crazy people would come in to visit. And one day I hear the ladies say, Oh my gosh, there goes the furries again. And I looked up the window and there's these people walking down the street. No. Full mascot costumes. In breath. breath. So I'm like, Guys, I'm going to take a break and I want to go, I wanna go find out what's happening. So I go, I, I talk to them. And the one lady's got this big black, and it's a really, like, she must have spent a lot of money on this mascot costume. They spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not thousands. And it's a big black head, you know, it looks like a wolf with, like, green fur along the ears, and, you know, and it's it's cute. Like, it looks like you'd see, like, like at Disneyland or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's cute. You know? And I just thought, I'm going to be friendly here. I'm going to be friendly, and I'm going to ask questions so that I can understand a little better. And so I'm talking to the lady, and she sounds like she's either a young, she sounds like she's a young adult, not a kid, you know. And I'm like, so what? I said, I don't mean to be rude, but... It's a lesson Dan taught us last week. I, for, correct me if I'm out of line, but I have a question here. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, why are you dressed like this? 
I really just genuinely want to know. I'm How not long ago was this? This was like five years ago. I'm thinking like this is like extremely small. No, the has been around for a long like, time. Very sparse, sparsely. No. Uh, this is like more of a... This is Bradford. Think about it. And so I just said, so what? what is the... Why are you doing this? And she said, well, she said, if, if I could be... If what is inside me could be on the outside, this is what I would do. Like, I said, so what's on the inside? And I, and I said, I, again, I'm not being rude. I just, I'm just trying to understand. So who you are on the inside is a, is a big, black, cute, fuzzy <clears throat> wolf with green trim on your hair. Yeah. Okay. I said, is it? I said, it's like 90 degrees out here. Aren't you hot? Yeah, but it's okay because I love it. Okay. So does does it get snowy inside of there? When it's hot? Yeah, a little. Yeah. Honest, anyways. I don't know why I like for the jugular. What are what are your morals? <laughs> well, I, and I'll be honest. Some of the things with that with the whole furry nonsense. Like my uncle is a firefighter out in uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, and he's a first responder. And they've had several calls where there've been people, children. Raped by people in yeah. a wolf costume. Yeah. You know, like it's there's a sexual side to some of that. I don't think that this to a lot of it. I don't think that was happening with these people, but there is to a lot of it's, it. It is like I mean, like I mean, I'm a young guy. I've talked to a lot of these people. You know, they're a lot of them won't admit it. A lot of them won't admit it, but the overwhelming majority is yeah, it is definitely. Some sometimes it's like with like they it's like an attraction to real animals and sometimes Ooh. it's like cartoon stuff but it's anime it's just, yeah cartoon mm. stuff anime stuff like that yeah. well if it's all about how you feel and everything's relevant and anything goes there's nothing that is seems to be the issue these days anything goes you can do supposedly. If you can Anything you want is is good with anybody else, and you know nobody else has a right to speak out against you. And 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 there we go. Now we're into a political. Uh, right away, we're into a political conversation. Yeah, well, no, it is, and that's okay because that's part of it. That's I just I just don't I just want to be careful to not do the things that got the Babylon Bee banned off Twitter. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I want to, like in that sense, I. I I will say it privately. I just don't want to get my channel shut down. I'm trying to build it. You understood. But, right. yes, the political side of it, though, and that's where this comes down to, is like, we as a culture have abandoned any sense of this is right, this is wrong. But I don't think that's political. This is my truth. No, but it overlaps. Right. I think it, go, it, it, goes, it goes that way because you think about it, if you want to be like that in a school, which to me has absolutely no place being in school. But that, in the school, how can they wear this? But if you, you go that way, it's like, okay, we want to be all inclusive. Right. Inclus- inclusivity, if that, I think that's the word, goes towards politics. Politics has opened that up so far that there is no longer anything wrong. I mean, take a look at, uh, okay, fine. Uh, I want to go to New York City. I'm going to kick in uh, oh, uh, Fabergé's window 
and I'm going to walk out with everything under a thousand dollars. But I can do it because that's what I want to do. Right. But I'm not going to get in trouble for it. So I think it moves towards that way that because we have we have gone to the point that everybody has an opinion, but nobody has a right. Or is that the other way around? No, I think it's everybody has an opinion. Everybody has something they want to do. But I'm sorry, but where's where's my right? You know, where does my right start? And and I think that we've we've gone too far that other way. America has always been inclusive. There's no argument there. The, the only way we can keep, the only reason we can keep going in the direction is direction is that we keep going is when what is removed as standard basic truth. When that is taken away, then anything else can be put into it, put in that position. Okay. That's fine. I, I I'll, think that's I'll agree. I think that's that is the heart the heart of the matter. Very and I think Abe talked about this too when these kids are desperate for identity. <clears throat> and I think it all kind of ties in together, right? So like I one of the things I've read over the years is like you learn your gender identity or you learn even your identity in general from your father. Your father is what who teaches you that's part of the psychological process. Yeah. Now, your father can screw it up. And that also has a lot to do with, even if he does it wrong, it has a lot to do with you learning who you are later. Because you are going to wrestle through that father wound. You're going to wrestle through the things your father said about you to understand who you are. Or the things your father didn't say about you that he should have said about you to learn and understand who you are. I don't know how accurate it is. I know that I've heard it. I know that when I think about it, it rings true. I think the breakdown of the family has a big contribution to it. I mean, like, people people can definitely grow up in spite of something. Sure. It's like, influence goes, it, 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 it perforates no matter what. No matter whether it's good or bad. But I definitely think that these kids are struggling to know who they are. Nobody's told them, you're not a cat. Are people afraid to tell them? No, nobody has come down and through and said, take the damn stuff off. This is not the place for it, nor the time for it. Get rid of it. We've got a class to teach here, and you're you're in the middle of keeping us from people learning and teaching things. Yeah. And, so, and, and the same with the mental illness. Now, so like, let's look at that. Like, like I know that autism, for example, is a spectrum. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have someone who would be on this side of the spectrum who has all of these traits. You have somebody on this side of the spectrum who might have a couple of the traits. And when they're on this side of the spectrum, they're a lot harder to diagnose because they don't have all of the traits that you would see on this side. So, you know, I've had people ask me uh, when I start talking about my childhood, the way I, you know, the way I grew up, the way I related with other people, I'd be like, I don't think so. I think I was just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But... You know, so what what's happened is these kids they're they're getting on TikTok or Instagram and they're learning about gender stuff. They're learning about cat stuff. They're learning about mental illness and they're 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 absorbing this content because it makes them feel connected to something. You know, this person you mentioned schizophrenia, so 
they're symptoms of schizophrenia, right? And this kid is thinking, I feel those things sometimes. Sometimes I think that I, I hear voices in my head. You know, because I think everybody hears voices in their head sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's called thinking, mm-hmm. right? Everybody has, that's called your conscience. That's mm-hmm. called temptation. Everybody has those things to a degree. And so this kid who's struggling with, who am I, then, get, then gets latched onto this because they identify with a symptom. And now you've got this community of people welcoming you in and identifying with you. Mm-hmm. Not real people with schizophrenia, but people with faux schizophrenia mm-hmm. welcoming you in to this community. And, gosh, I think that's so dangerous. And then you have, you have sometimes smart parents who are like, I'm not taking you to the psychologist to get you diagnosed with schizophrenia. <laughs> or they're just getting medicated. That happens too. They go to the doctor. Or they, they learn all about the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Then they go to the doctor and they say, the doctor asks the questions because the doctor has a rubric and it's like, you have to have this and you have to have this. Oh yeah. oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Why have that? Have it all. Yeah. And then they get prescribed a medicine that they don't need that probably gives them psychological problems that probably manifest as schizophrenia. <laughs> How easy is it to prove that somebody is or isn't like faking something? You can't. Not if they're good. Not if they're good. If they make Fi- it their uh, entire identity. Physical, physical signs, physical symptoms, really hard to fake. Because you know you've got to be able to show it. Like I've got a rash all the time. You have to be able to show that. Okay? But stuff that goes on in the mind, whole different story. Whole different story. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff I could take from old cases of being EMT. But it just okay. I, I get. I'm going to play the old card here. Play old card. Play it. These, like these, so many of these people that I see that are acting out in class and they're, they're loud mouth and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're changing whatever they feel like changing and they, they screw with everybody around them. In the old days, I don't even say old days, back in the, the 50s and 60s when I grew up, that... Yeah, thank you. Uh, one of my kids told me that, yeah, I wrote a dinosaur to school today. Jeremiah, as a matter of fact. You know, so, uh, back, in those days. back in those days, you didn't do that stuff. You were ex- you had a code of expectation. And I think, I think you said breakdown of the family. I think that's part of it. And I think the, the, ex- the code of expectations has gone away. I've always believed and I always you saw me in scouting stuff like that. We had a level ex, of expectation of behavior, of manners, of things like this, performance. Most people, when you set expectations, will live and strive to those expectations. I think those started disappearing about the same time the nuclear family started disappearing yeah. in the 60s. Yeah. Okay, I really do believe that's when it started disappearing. Thank you, that was my bunch that we did this. We listened to Dr. Spock, mm. and, and, and that was the wrong thing to do. The the switch went out the window, the, the you'll eat this or you'll go hungry tonight, 
went out the window. These are the clothes that I bought for you. My God, you were in school. You know, things like this. I think those went out the window when we started giving kids who really have no business making choices like this a choice. I'll probably get the most mail against that of anything else. But but I think this is what's happening uh, in in so many so many places. Plus, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying about wanting to belong. I I can understand wanting to belong someplace. Every single one of us wants to belong someplace. Okay, we've got a club we want to belong to. I'm not sure where this idea came from to make these clubs that the, the kids today are trying to belong. Social media is a part of it, yeah, because things move so much faster now. I mean, stuff that that we say in this is lightning. It's it's already in China if we've got listeners in China. It's already there. It, you don't have to wait for it to be filtered through people that can think about it and and you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna say critical thinking we all know how to critically think okay so many of the things that are happening now have never really been thought out because they move so fast we don't have a chance to, to think about it and figure out how we're going to tell people these things or talk about these things it just moves quick things that we learned history okay American history uh, we took everything in context. All right, now it's what is it called? Uh, they don't even present. What do they call it? It's there's a word for it, presentism or something to that effect. Right, where you where you reinterpret the past in the lens of the present. Yeah, in the lens so, of the present. So that would be like looking at Columbus Day and saying we shouldn't celebrate Columbus Day because Columbus. Now we know that Columbus did X, Y, and Z. So we're not going to honor Columbus. Yeah, but we're not thinking back in the context of the time when these things were said. It's just like, okay, maybe, okay, you're thinking about, um, uh, pick something out of the air. You're thinking about XYZ behavior, all right? And you start talking about it now before we even have a chance to have a good conversation with other people. It, the, the cat's out of the bag. It's already over the so, but we don't have a chance to think about it and dissect it and and and, and work with these things before they're in, introduced. Could you imagine if the the stuff that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and those guys thought about when they were writing the Constitution, okay, or the Declaration, if it had been like it is today, lightning? Oh my Lord, what a mess this country would be. We'd be worse off than we ever thought of being. And, and I think that's. That's what's happening with a lot of these things. That the, somebody says something, oh, I think this is a good thing, and there it goes. And we've got people jumping on the bandwagon who have never even thought about this, read about it, nothing. Mm-hmm. My, my two cents. NyQuil chicken. Yeah, NyQuil chicken, for example. <laughs> you know, it, it's stuff like this. But yeah, I think, or, or wearing your cat ears to school. Keyboard warriors that don't really know the research other than the title to a. Article. If it's if it's even that, let me let me pull this out of my. Need, everybody needs to have an opinion. They, they know what they're talking about. 
and they have to share. Yeah, they, they have to express it and be like, I'm on this side because it's easy to say whatever you want when no one can punch you in the face. Yeah. It's right, right. Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. But no but take that. But take that next. Yeah, no consequences. There's no consequences of thought or discussion or debate. And and that's half the problem with the internet and social media as well. Like like if if. If you said something that offended me on the internet, I have the choice to. I could block you and never have to hear from you again. Unfriend you. Unfriend yeah. you. I could attack you, for, you know, and respond and well. But the, the bottom line is, if we sit down and we have a conversation, right. and you say the thing that I thought was offensive when I read it, and you say it, and I realize, well, I was actually saying this from a place of kindness. He's trying to help me, Understood. even though I disagree with him. He's trying to help me. And then I, I don't want to react to that in a way that is hurtful to you because I see your kindness behind it. Right. When I see your eyes and That's your face, the problem with these little them. bricks that we carry all over the damn place. And you can't see that kind of dialogue through that. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. There's absolutely, oh, LOL or whatever you want to put after the words or a smiley face or a heart or whatever. It It's not the same is sitting here talking. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast uh, recently. It was John Acuff, uh, who's a writer, was talking to his daughters on the podcast. And they were explaining that young people have completely different rules in texting each other. Like, they don't use capitals and punctuation. And if when their parents will text them and put a period at the end of the sentence, it gives them anxiety. It makes them think they're mad. It makes it's, them think that they're mad. It's English. Yeah, it's <laughs> <know>? it's <laughs> sentence structure. <laughs> you know, but, it's, I, but it's but that's that's what's happened because it has gotten so fast and yeah. so quick and so rapid that a whole set of social rules has evolved. Is it devolved or evolved? Because I think that's devolved. devolved. It is yeah. devolved <laughs> before anybody had a chance to even realize it happened. Right. It's like you've written letters. I know you have. To, yeah. to Zoe and to girlfriends, things like other people and stuff like that. I'm pretty Not sure at you the same have. Time. No, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, I don't have girlfriends while I have my Zoe. Okay, I am. Uh, okay. I know what you mean. Abe, have you, are you a letter writer by any chance? I, I mean, I've written some when I was young, but I guess we've kind of evolved past okay. All of us, that you was know. the way we used to communicate. That's evil. And, and, and you learned also to speak the nuance of your language. You could you could put, you know, periods in and right. punctuation marks, exclamation points, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, you can put you can even put a colon in your in, in your I language, or semicolon yeah. in your language that you're speaking. Mm-hmm. That's not there anymore in texting. Or well, if you want to put it when you're texting, if you want to put a semicolon in, it's like four extra little keystrokes to find the semicolon. <laughs> I mean, you also got to think. Think of the like, point. He's got to think of the point. But but yeah, we we've gone past that. I don't I don't even know if they teach proper grammar and sentence structure in, in school anymore. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure they do. Um, I'm sure they do, but I'm, I have a feeling it doesn't make sense. Or it's irrelevant. Or, or feels irrelevant to them. Okay. Hey, we did have a comment by the way. Um, Nahian, you guys. I mean, you guys know Nahian. No. Nahian is uh, my friend from Bangladesh, she's a family friend who met Isaiah at Pitt. 
and um, he lives here. In, he's a U.S. citizen. Now I had him on the podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. I um, and Nahian, well, he's not a citizen. He's got his green card. He's working for the citizen. I don't understand. He explained the process. Yeah. But huh. I'm an ignorant native who doesn't remember the <laughs> what the process is. Sorry, buddy. But he says Abram's hair changes almost as much as the PA weather. Aren't we glad that he gave us such a meaningful comment? Thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate that. I think he's jealous. Is he bald? No, but he's no, not. He's, he's, nowhere, like a bald guy. he's nowhere near as good looking. It sounds like a bald guy. Uh, <laughs> I think he would take great definitely a, to that. Definitely a bald guy comment. Yeah, yeah there you go. Well, you, you we actually, got two of them here. You would actually really like Nahian. He's a lot of fun. He's a goofball. And uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Okay. We should have him on. Uh, yeah. Nahian, if you're listening, come on. <laughs> So, um, which that whole talk about identity, and I'm really glad that that actually went to different directions because that was really awesome. But it got me thinking about the question of our own identity and how how we understand it. Um, you know, I know we kind of talked a little bit last month, Dan, about like we talked about purpose, and you're like, I do have trying to figure out what my purpose is and to do it, right, or something to that effect. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it's important for us to know who we are, to know what matters to us. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, Do you know who you are? What what is your identity? It's not a cat. I think one of the big problems is, is that how do you answer that question? Everybody has thought about what they, who they are. Every single person on the face of this earth. Almost every day, I think. About that. I have a choice. Either be, be uh, the reactive asshole mm-hmm. or the listening, understanding, kind. Or a mixture thereof. Or sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there's always that choice like, as far as that character. That's every day. I so, would that. you say who you are is a series of choices about how you live? Yep. Every moment, and I think for me it is that way. Uh, and it's not easy. To every. Could you make that choice of that person that I'm going to be? You know, how I react is who, who I am. Then that makes it as to whether you have a happy day or not. How you react to something yeah. is completely up to you. There's no other ways about it. It's completely up to you. But we are choked. It's, uh, was it, was it Walt Whitman that did the thing that I came to a, a Y in the road? That was Robert Frost. Robert Frost, okay. Uh, we have so many of those constantly. I mean, yeah. just in this conversation, we have, this, you know, we can choose to be serious. We choose to be jovial. Or, or both at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, so... We have we have a choice whether we're going to lie about something or we're going to tell the truth about something or any number of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and all it is is go back to what our life experience is as to how we're going to deal with those things. But at the end of each day, I can be a different person. So even at your wise right age, <laughs> that is sixty-eight. That is still a you know a decision, a conscious decision that you have to decide. Yeah, who you're going to be and how you're going to be about it. And, and you, you may up. become a different person every single day, hour, minute. And it's a collaboration of those decisions throughout your life. That mm-hmm. is your yep. Nahian, um, 
says that this is a fascinating conversation. I think these spectrums are arriving from a lack of purpose. For some reason, people are putting more emphasis on emotions. He's talking about identity. Yeah, he's kind of going to that. We may need to figure out how we can influence people to help them find their purpose in life. Yeah, that's, 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 that that's is a, a much better comment than the... <laughs> hey, the first one's on the... He can come whatever he wants. <laughs> Free speech. He's American. Almost. Kind of almost. At heart. <laughs> At heart, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's interesting. So help to influence those people. Yeah, that's yeah. that's okay. What I'll say back to him. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Abe. I, I, I walked. I, yeah, out. I was just going to ask, like, how do you do that? How do you, how do you influence that many people, especially in nowadays when no one wants to listen and everyone wants to speak? Well, I know that that's a lot of what has motivated me to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's what has motivated me to have relationships with people because you know I I feel like. My dad taught me a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. I want to teach people the lessons that my dad taught me. Not just my dad, but other people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, like that's, that's kind of what I feel like my role in life is, what my calling is. So for me, I, that's why I do what I do to put it out there. And it has been able to help some people. I think that of all of this, though, while this stuff is, you know, the, the tech side, the blogging, the podcast side is fun, mm-hmm. the interpersonal relationship stuff is where we Difference. Open our mouths. Talk. Talk. Open our mouths. Give people, when we have the chance, give people the benefit of what we've learned so far. And hopefully they've been able, they'll be able to dissect something out of it that is going to work for them. But yeah, he's got a perfect, how, how do we get, do we get past this? How did we get here? So many people kept their mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Now we've got to open our mouths. Yeah. I agree with that. We've, we've become too passive. Letting and everybody, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to step anybody's toes. That, and then there's the overreaction of maybe saying the right thing to be dis- totally disrespectful and now it's not even going Yeah, so they're not even going to listen to your, your message. You better have compassion on people. Like, like, like I think about so let's say that someone identifies as a cat. Like, seriously, not as a joke. They really do. Hey, you're an effing retard. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I might think that. <laughs> right. But but right. do I care about that person? Like, if I'm going to come to that person and say, is- like, like ima- just imagine for a second if I put myself in their shoes. All four of them. Sorry. That's a joke. Um... um Imagine I put myself in their cat ears for just a moment. How bad would it suck to live my life thinking that I'm a cat? Mm. Right. To I to really be that conflicted to hate myself that much that this alter ego feels better. I kind of do that with an individual that is getting the sex change and just they seem very very confused very tormented and they think that this is what is going to bring them this place of you know peace peace and a peace of mind and statistics show that that's not true but I actually had to change my thinking that way mm-hmm. to have it's going to be disgusted yeah to actually have compassion yeah and then yeah, it's like you care because this person is clearly hurting 
Yeah, it's it's coming from a place of broken and, and hurt, and it it's, it switches the switches it to compassion. And, and while my issue in my life might not be that, I've certainly got issues in my life that I don't get right either, and mm-hmm. I have to keep that in mind too. So, that, like that's I think the difference between judgment and and caring, you know, where I can look at the person and say, "Oh, I can't believe they do that." It's yeah. So stupid. It's a horrible person. And, like, you know, I think about addicts. I've got a lot of friends right now that are addicts that are trying to, trying to recover. You know, and they'll screw up again, which is part of the process. You know? And and I get frustrated with them. Like, why? I, don't, I have no desire to take NyQuil chicken <laughs> or whatever, right? No desire to, to, to go snort oh, something or shoot something in my veins. No right. desire to do that. So I can look at that person and I could judge that. That. I could judge that. That. But what happens is it's easy to judge them. Yes, there you go. And if I'm honest, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, brutally honest, I am just as addicted to foods that I shouldn't be eating mm-hmm. and drinks that I shouldn't be drinking. Like, you know, I had a diet coke. It's not good for me. If we're all honest. We if we're all honest. Things with ourselves that are internal. Right. That are, and, and I have but, to be humble in glass house. Yeah. That when I come to that person, yeah. that it's, yeah, the glass house, right? People in glass houses shouldn't throw stuff. Doesn't mean that I can't say that what he's doing is wrong, but right. I have to be humble enough right. that, it, that that position changes yeah. when we're on the same playing field. Yeah. Gotta yeah. get out of the house. Yeah. Go into the street and have a conversation. Don't you throw up rocks. I, the whole judgment thing just burns me as a lot of people saying you shouldn't be judging. You shouldn't. But it is wise to judge things. Right. And, you know, it's, behaviors. It's, it's, it's wise attitudes. to say shooting heroin is wrong. That's right. a wise thing. That's wise to make right. that judgment. Yeah. But, but to, yeah. to condemn a person as far as like being acting as you're the moral su- su- you know, superior. The morality police. Yeah. We need. That's yeah. really interesting. That yeah. wording that you used that? Look what's happening in Iran because Iran. of the morality police. Insane. They're. They, have you have you guys been following what's happening? I don't pay attention. Yeah, Iran is on fire right now, literally. There's a, a woman, young, attractive, pretty woman, who's wearing her hijab wrong. There's too much hair sticking out. And so they have in Iran, they have the regular police that deal with like the municipal laws, and then they have the morality police, which are like an arm of the um, secret police. Yeah, it, and it's an arm of like the religion. The, the religion of the, of, of the uh, of Islam and, and in different cultures, it's expressed differently. Right. You know, I was talking to a friend. I was talking to a friend today about it. Who he spent a lot of time in Saudi Arabia. They have the same thing there. Um, but he said, yes, they walk around with a cane. He said, but it's more like you get spanked, like, like, and it's to keep the young people in line. Is usually what. It but is. what's happening there in social? So Iran, the morality police arrested this woman and beat her, and she died in police custody. Torture yeah. because her hair was. Yeah. Their hair was showing, and now they are rioting in the streets. Rioting in the streets. Something and like what, 24, 25 cities now, pushing, I think? Pushing back the security and the police. and They've actually started live fire. And yeah, it's just, it's this. A lot of people are conjecturing this may be the fall of Iran from inside. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's so, it is so uh, tight. Right. They try to hold it so tight. It, yeah. doesn't work. it never has. 
And I think you said it before we got in the Iran thing. Nayan's actually uh, a Muslim, and I have a lot of respect. Okay. We've had a lot of really good conversations. So he's not talking about that. He was talking about it before we did. But he says this, in third world countries, people are still trying to figure out how to put food on the table and a roof over their heads. It could be a first world spectrum where most of our problems are solved, basic necessities. And as a result, we, get, we don't get to work towards uh, common goals as much. And... We don't get to because we're a first world country. Is I that think, what he's saying? I think that's what he's saying. Like, like we have all that division and all of that, like, like you're different not, sects of kinds. Of yeah, people. we have all these different tribes of furries and yeah. um, people who are real like, problems. Yeah, like, we, we don't, don't have, have to, real problems. We don't have to worry yeah. about like dying every day. You know, like survival. So we make problems. Yeah, it's a power. Bank. We need like a you know like an asteroid. <laughs> we make we make we make tribes, yeah. And the the people that are supposedly our our ruling class, all I hate those words. Use those tribes to war against each other. It's like watch this hand over here. You don't see what this hand's doing. Mm-hmm. Trump, as much as I like Trump, he was a master at that. Let's right. yeah. use the mean tweets and stuff like that. Yeah. Look what I'm doing over here, and in the meantime, he's doing something else over here. Kind of, kind of. He was. He basically used that their tool against them. Yeah. That, was, that was what yeah. has been done: is to weaponize people's divisions rather than to encourage us. To and the great divider that we have there now is working it like there is no tomorrow. So I, I think with his point with uh, being the first world country, I've thought about that. Like, if we went back to like hunter and gathering days, you know, like if you ever been agrarian society. Yeah, is what you, I think what you're talking about. How much more communal we we would be forced to be, we would like rely on one and things that really mattered mattered and stupid ideas of identity, identifying as a bad, you know. When, Shut up and get out in the garden and weed. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you will not have food and you will die. Yeah, how about you go find a real cat and kill it so we can have something to eat tonight? Yeah, <laughs> have you guys ever heard that? Uh, that it was said that major nations that rise, one of the things that rise in the culture is um, the confusion of sexuality before the, 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 the fall. Before the fall, of the yeah. I mean, we've seen that with Rome was like that. History, Rome, Greece. Yeah, I've heard it, that, it, it, you, and, I, and I don't want to say the confusion of gender or sexuality as much as the let's just say debauchery, the abuse. Like, the, like the cultures were built, and they wouldn't have built without a traditional family unit right, like operating in a traditional family way right. it needed that to grow and, and mm-hmm. now it doesn't mean it was perfect 100% that you know I mean like right. think of within reason yeah like like Alexander grew Greece by you know and he was as debauched as it comes mm-hmm. you know um, but that is that that sense of family morality as it applies to that Starts to fade when people kind of have the freedom and luxury of modern technology. And they have time. Functions in society. Yeah, yeah. Time. they don't have to. They don't have to fight to put food on the table today. Yeah, right? you're not hunting or working the garden. Right. Really. So yeah. that actually, this whole discussion, I love how this discussion keeps flowing without meaning to, because the next thing on my list is uh, inflation. Oh. 
we may be at the place where we may be heading that direction. I, I read a we already We already are in inflation. No, well, we're heading to the direction where we may have to be. Oh. Where we might descend into a third world nation. Um, I, I, I read a thing that said uh, that the uh, average middle class American's salary, if you, or their, their, the value that they made in a year, has decreased by $4,000. Based on how much prices have gone up and how much less than that. So you you are working, you are living on twelve months. You're living twelve months on what you used to make for eleven months, or less. Or, or less. And yeah, and the if you go back to when Trump was in office, you go back to that time frame. It was four thousand dollars ahead. So it's actually eight thousand dollars. Less in that because that's two years of it, right? The, kid, the kids nowadays they think all oh, this is cool and everything else, and the government should give them everything and stuff like that. And I've lived through recession, I've lived through too. I don't want to go back there, been there, done that. It was not fun. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about inflation because you have lived through it, you have worked through it, you've seen how, how do we face this? I, I'm, I'm genuinely asking this question because. Not, might not be a kid, but like, we have to understand what caused this recession. What were the reasons for this one, or any of the other ones? What what are, we have to understand the problem first before we can correct it. Well, I, I don't mean necessarily on that level, and I only say that because I like we have so little say in that we can pick the people, but trusting them to do the job is another thing. No, I mean the principles. The that, principles. That. What what got us here is the manipulation of our currency to print more of it. Yeah. To, you know, step back a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Step back to the decision made at the beginning of the pandemic. Well, uh, to right. to shut down. Mm-hmm. To just across the board, mm-hmm. except for the big big corporations, we got shut down. Uh, you know, and and there were arbitrary, arbitrary shutdowns. Look at what Governor Wolf did here in the state of Pennsylvania, just for an example. You know, well, his he just kind of threw darts at the wall and said, "Well, that one shuts down. This one stays open. This one shuts down." Mom and pop got blasted off, off, off the face of the earth. But yet, you could still go to Home Depot or Walmart or Target. Those were all still open. But but the little places, the backbone of this country. Yeah. Got shut down, and there's and now they're getting slammed again. And then and then you start handing out money, trying to make it right, trying to pay money to everybody for something you've done. You can't spend it if you don't have it. Every single one of us knows that. Man, I'd love to have unlimited credit like that and never have to pay it back, other than maybe an interest payment. Oh, oh please! Well, you know the other thing that we add into that is. The, on that, that upper level scale, the the currency is always based on, like the value of the currency is based on people's trust in it. Yep. And it, it is not any longer tied to a hard asset, which that happened many years ago. 1913. And now the closest thing to that is it, the, the, it's tied to, but not as hard tied to gold and silver. It's, it's soft tied to oil. So now we have we have foreign entities who are able to manipulate the energy markets. We have global, you know, 
you, know, you slash your own wrist the first day in office. Yeah. You know, so it's, so all of that aside, that's how how globally and nationally it gets fixed. But like, I'm looking at my budget. I'm not even so sure opening up the taps on oil and stuff like that is going to fix it right now. I think no. we're I think we're kind of far away from that. Right, but I mean, the fixing it level is up here. Like we can vote, and that's about. Then we can shop where we're going to shop and support the corporations. That's about all we can do. Vote with our dollars, and we can vote with our, you know, our vote to vote for people that we think are going to try to work with correcting the issue. But how did you survive like the seventies when all of that happened? Eighties, and then we had another one. I think in uh, the late nineties, we had another one. I mean, Carter did a pretty good number on us. So after Carter, uh, how did you survive that time frame when everything kind of came out of the first time? Tighten the belts. Yeah. I mean, everything. I mean, your car pulled. Um, you you, yeah, you didn't eat out. I mean, it was really special if you had a pizza hut night. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe once a month if you were lucky in that. You know, you ate a lot of hot dogs, ate a lot of stuff like that. Made, I mean, Kathy did a lot of homemade soups. We'd, we'd make meals stretch five or six nights. Oh, wow. You know, things you like that. Too. Uh, <laughs> the, get a bigger pot. Yeah, <laughs> really. We had five sons, so it had to stretch. We had no choice. And then uh, clothing got passed down. Uh, and that goes to the thing of this is what you have to wear, guys. I'm sorry. Maybe you're going to get fresh you know, shoes for, for, for school, but yeah, you guys... I, we've got pictures of the same shirt being on four or five kids right. for school pictures, mm. you know, and, and stuff like that. And, and, and those are the things. Did your car lasted longer? You, everybody didn't get brand new cars every every two yeah. years. Your tires, uh, you literally ran your tires till you could read the air on the inside. Well, I've been in yeah. a recession for the last. I was going to say I've been in a recession for a long time. Then but, this sounds like my life. <laughs> but but those are but those are the things you did. You you definitely lived within your means. Uh, credit was you you didn't use credit because uh, how the hell are you going to pay it back? Yeah. Uh, if you have to have collateral to use the credit, then you lose everything. This is back. very un-American. By the way. What do you mean? I have all these things to do. These things it is very. Uh, no, I would say it's. American. Oh, I mean, we have always done any. Okay, we've always done the things we needed to do to make it through to get to the other side. We always have. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of the big things America does. We, you know, if we're we're faced with an issue, we 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 pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, for lack of a better word. But now we have the answer is big government gives us a check. We still do all these things. Wait a minute, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Do you hear those tornadoes and those ratings? What's yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> as, the, as the founding fathers are, are turning over. Listen, are spinning. So you guys, Nadian said this. I, this is so cool to be able to. We didn't get to do this last time because we couldn't go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nadian says, "What made America the land of freedom was the very little control the government had over the exactly. people." It seems to be going backwards little by little when many people are willing to trade a little bit of their freedom for the illusion of safety. I hope my green card won't get revoked for saying that. It <laughs> might, dude. It's, if it's true. If on your door, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, Perfect example. Look at the Patriot Act with 911, 911. 
You ever notice they give it the, they give something a name that's the opposite of, of what, what it is? Did, what it does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. The, 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 the Patriot Act took so much freedom from Americans. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they recognize or ever understand how much freedom to privacy, to... Yeah, it was, it was insane. Mm-hmm. Still and is. For a quarter, it, was, but it had a sunset clause in us. Patriot Act did. It had a sunset clause. It was supposed to have disappeared, what, four or five years ago? Thank you. We can do this again. I almost voted for Obama because he spoke against them. And then he, when he got in there, we just. You know, ah, you speak fork and tongue. They all, they yeah. all do. They all do. Yeah, and That's why. You know, I know we're trying to solve the problems of America and solve oh, the problems yeah. of the world, and I can solve the problems. I, I can barely solve the problems of my family and myself. Hey, when you're sitting so at the table, start. you're talking about bills and your problems and finances. What you're thinking is you just you just need more money to get into it, right? That's how you, you feel like, more money. Well, I, yeah, I feel like I need more money, but but if the they did that a year ago or two years ago, they gave us all more money. When they did that, yeah. And when they did that, it didn't actually. What it did is it made it made the money they gave us worth even less. Right. And the money that I'm now working harder for mm-hmm. is worth less. Your friend there, you just asked that question. Mm-hmm. Reagan put it. Freedom is never more than one generation away from being lost. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Doesn't take long. Yeah, he's a very wise, wise man. He should be American. He also said that this is a cool discussion, and he wants to be invited the next time we do it. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm where already in come on. you. I'm not sure where he's living right now. I know he kind of busts around a little bit, so I'll have to come back. I'll have to make a trip up. Yeah. We got a spare bedroom, buddy. You can stay here. <laughs> For saying those words that he said, though, you would be deemed as a conservative right wing, far extreme right. Oh, a far extreme right winger. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, I don't think anybody. I think we've had this discussion before. I don't think anybody, no matter how conservative or how liberal you are, is a hundred percent of anything. Like you're not 100 no. percent red. You're probably you're probably mostly red with some blue spots. You got blue spots. You got uh, blue spots. And I'm not going to show you, but yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let, let's uh, let's switch off politics really quick. <laughs> with that said, <laughs> because Dwayne Dwayne sent me like this giant list of some amazing questions. Oh, that was a year ago. It felt like that, didn't it? But I thought a couple of these would be really good. So let's ask this, and let's try, let's all kind of give a quick answer if we can. What is the most valuable life lesson that you have learned? I asked that question. You did. I was in a great philosophical movie. Like that. <laughs> so since you asked the question, why don't you start? What's the most valuable life lesson you've learned? Hmm. Most valuable? That's hard. I would, I would say... What comes to mind right now is when my dad died in 2015. It was the value of being in the moment with people you love, I think. And cherishing that, and you know, it just brought it to a more meaningful. That's probably the most valuable thing. Yeah, Maybe. 
you haven't had a whole lot of life compared to the rest of us. What's the most valuable lesson you think you've learned in your life so far? Um, I mean, like, ones that I can remember that aren't just, like, you know, ingrained or whatever. I think, I think, I heard, I heard once from, from Mike Miller, he said, he, he said, when you're actually sorry, never say, I'm sorry, but, something. Because then it means nothing. You never conditionalize it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, or if, if you offended someone, you don't say, I'm sorry that you were offended by that. Yeah. That's not an That's apology. The, yeah. <laughs> That's not an apology. That's, a, That's good marriage advice, too. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Yeah. But this is how you took it. This is what, not what I meant. I, I do think it's, it's wise to be able to find it. Something that you can apologize for, mm-hmm. legitimately. You know, like if you're gonna, if you have to work out an issue with somebody and both of you have acted like a fool, make sure you apologize for how you acted like a fool. You know, and if you don't think you acted like a fool, think harder because you probably did. Don't say I'm sorry you acted like a fool. <laughs> no, don't say I'm sorry. <laughs> you acted like a fool. Don't say, that. say I'm sorry I acted like a fool when I said this. Um, I think probably the most valuable life lesson I've learned. I think probably, I, this is, I want to, I'm going to tell this as quick as I can. There was a girl, a really cute, I met her at college, and I really wanted to date her. Couldn't get up the nerve to tell her. Kind of finagled it so that uh, we would be working together on some projects in the, in the fall semester. Went home for the summer, and she died with her. And um, you know, I was, I was pretty devastated, and the next fall goes around, and I meet Zoe that first week, and as soon as I realized that I liked her, actually, we're coming up on the 20th, uh, 25th anniversary of the day that I fell in love with her, or knew that I fell in love with her, which was October 3rd, as soon as I knew, I didn't tell her. I'm like, I'm not waiting, because if I wait, you're going to die. You're going <laughs> to get a car accident. So I mean, maybe maybe it could have like not been the perfect lesson in the right way, you know. Like, but the point of it is though, it got you somewhere. It got me somewhere. Yeah. No, but the point of it though is that like, don't wait to tell somebody love because you tomorrow's not guaranteed. Not guaranteed. No. Mm-hmm. There's something to love you. Resonates with me too. what about you? Oh man, you ever seen Gibbs List? Rules. NCIS. I just started watching it. Okay, now Gibbs has his list. You know what I'm talking about? No? Okay, he's got a list of things to say, or his list of rules to live by. I mean, they're up into the 50s. But I've got so many life lessons I've learned, and most of them I have learned the hard way. I guess don't say it because you can't take it back. Don't say it because you can't take it back. And then like you said, uh, take the chance to go see the old person. Take the chance to talk to a friend. Take the chance to say, I love you. Yeah. Those, those are probably some of the, the greatest. I mean, and, yeah. I think the yeah. most important life lessons are always tied to relationships with people. Don't break a woman's heart. 
In case you'll break your face. That's the second. No. Right? No. <laughs> In your pocketbook. It, it'll 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 be there for the rest of your life. But yeah, there there are maybe I'll do that next. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's so you did your EDC. So if you guys haven't seen his everyday carry posts in the middle of the man cave, you need to hop in there and look for the posts by Dan Carish in there. He's got several of them. He breaks down. Twelve, I think, is is where I finished up today. Twelve things that you need to carry with you every day. I want to take those, Dan, and I'm going to make a blog post. Put them all together, and I'll write you with it and put it on the the blog. Talk to you. So that you can reference it, you know, however from there. Because I think it's... I, think I had to go through and copy each one and put it in an email yeah. to the people that wanted it. Yeah. So I'll make it simpler for you to share. You know, okay, cool. One, one nice post. Um, maybe I'll do that next, though. What, a, what have I learned? Yeah. I don't know. Points. Daniel's rules for life. <laughs> oh, boy. I'll have to check it out. Um, the, other, the other question, we'll just ask this one real quick, too, if you can. I like to ask on my podcast guest this. And you, I'm, I'm tweaking your question a little bit. And it's, it's this. What would you tell the 10-year-old version of yourself if you have a chance to talk to him? Did we do this last week? Did we? I don't think so. Not in the, oh. the no, fight not, not on the fight. 10-year-old version, huh? 10-year-old version of yourself. I got thrown for a loop because I asked a guest this, and he turned around and said, what would you tell the 10-year-old version of yourself? <laughs> I didn't know. But um, I'll, I'll start. I would, I would tell the 10-year-old version of myself you're not stupid, you're not ugly, you're not horrible. And just because you don't have friends now doesn't mean that you're not going to have amazing friends. You're going to have friends, you're going to have so many friends that you can't remember their names, and you're going to love so many people, and so many people are going to love you. You are lovable, and don't spend all your money on cheese doodles and Mountain Dew. I think mine would be you do not have to fit in with the group. That is my biggest stumbling block in my life. You do not have to fit in with the group. You are your own group. Mm-hmm. That was what I would tell my 10 year old. I would definitely tell myself that to When I was 10, that's probably when my mom and dad we stopped going to church and then a sequence of events of consequences were, were pretty dramatic, I think, from that. So I would probably tell myself that the foundation that was laid for you growing up is going to be the most important thing that you're going to build off of the rest of your life. I would say lean into it, grow in it, and trust God for this guidance that you're going to need. And I struggled with a lot of identity problems. Um, and I went to group to group. I was a jock. I was a crap. I was a geek. And I was a punk. And I was a anarchist, you know. So... But were you ever a cat? I was never a cat. Okay, good. Yes. Is, is uh, that- they didn't exist. Durable, but never a cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's probably what I would say, is hang on to those things that are really important, and maybe you'll make better decisions than where I am at now. I'm going to be in a better place than I am at now. <laughs> you know, your future self. 
Nothing that ever, you know, I, I, I've been blessed in that way. I had, 
I've had a pretty good life. Why, if you could go back to your own self, why wouldn't you say, hey, your dad, our dad is going to die this day, this da da da. Why wouldn't you say that? Because I, I mean, right? I wouldn't want to know. You wouldn't want to know, right? Because no. if you knew, okay, you know, that's so if so that so if we bring up the question that way, right? Right. Like, is there one thing that you could go back and change? <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just talked about this today with my friend. Um, okay, this gonna get get emotional for a second. Sorry. Um, before my dad died, he had cancer, and he beat cancer. He was cancer free, and it came back. And they were going to do a surgery with him, and I think I was going to And they were going to have to, it was, you know, it was going to be hard. It was going to be bad. He had suffered so bad throughout the chemo radiation. That first time he lost so much weight, he, he, was, he was not healthy. And he said to me, right before the surgery, he says, I wish I wanted to do this. I don't think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to take my chances. And I told him, no, you can't do that. And he had the surgery, and um, you know it didn't heal right. There was all kinds of drainage, the drainage plasmonia, and they put him on a ventilator and under a coma, and that's what ended up killing him. Mm-hmm. I would talk to him one or two times after that. If I could go back and change one thing, I would just say, "Dad, do you want to go?" I know that you're tough enough to do this, but if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. That's what you would have. That's what I would have. If I could change one thing, that's a, that's probably one of my biggest. I have a lot of regrets. That's probably my biggest regret. What did that do for your faith? Is my question for you. It, did it make it deeper? It didn't wreck my faith. It didn't shipwreck my faith. Losing your dad. Because for me... No, what he's just talking about there of of saying to his dad, hey, we need you. Right. So, maybe what it did was it it has forced me to rely on my heavenly father rather than my earthly father. Okay. And and in that way, that way my faith is being restored. I didn't... I'd not... After he died, because we prayed so hard that he would be healed, right up to the very last time. You know? Just prayed so hard for that. It didn't make me trust God less, but I did have a little bit of anger with God. You can handle it. Exactly. A guy can handle it. I was hurt. I was upset. But I, I also know, like for me, my faith, I know that God is good. I have no doubt about that. I've seen so many miracles that I had no doubt that he could have, you know, raised my dad up like that. Mm-hmm. So, he didn't. Was I angry about that a little bit? I'm not How do you angry. know the trial wasn't yours, not your dad's? Yeah, and that's the other end of it, is that my dad had a strong faith. My dad did get healed. He is healed. Yes, he did. Right. He's breathing and talking and making animal balloons with Jesus. You know, <laughs> so now nah, he's know, down in the kids' park. Exactly, out. There you go. Exactly, <laughs> he's down with all the kids making animal balloons, dressed up like a clown, having a blast in heaven. You know, 
and we blow him up without a pump because he can breathe. Mm. So I know my dad's healed. But it wasn't the way I wanted. And so that's what yeah, I can't say that it I can't say that it strengthened my faith, but or, or deepened my faith, but I do know that it didn't it didn't wreck my faith. Put some patches here and there, maybe. I don't know. Maybe put some patches here and there that were needed. Yeah. I don't know. That helps. Real pain like that helps you really reveals your real weaknesses and your real vulnerabilities. That that honestly, I can say, has happened. The pain. I I have learned to be more real about the pain that I'm feeling, and and started to learn because my entire life has been pain avoidance. I do not want to feel pain. I will. Do whatever it takes to not feel pain, and um, I had no choice but to feel that pain. I felt it for—I have, I have felt that pain every day for almost four years. That's so, good. That's healthy. I think that has made me a little bit stronger. Yeah, we need it. We have to have it. I might argue with you. Yeah. With, with your premise there that we need that pain. Mm-hmm. I think that that goes back to the thing is how do you react to it? Does it does it come through to you as pain? If you choose to look at it in a different way? I mean, I, I, I'll go back to when I found out I supposedly had three years to live. How many years ago was that? 27 years now. Fourth <laughs> of July. Um... I played the the old poor me card for maybe a week. And from there it was change your thought because if you don't, this is going to kill you. And I changed my thought was, okay, fine. One foot in front of the other until such time as I can't put a foot in front of the other. If it wasn't but, for that pain, those decisions had never been no, if it wasn't for that diagnosis, there was no pain in it, honestly. There was no fear. Okay, now we're getting into some really deep stuff. I had fear. Do you remember the miracle at the old, at the the at the Catholic Church on Walker? Were you here that? Uh, I was in Port Allegheny at the time. I remember hearing about it. That was when. Uh, I'll witness right now. I'll witness to it. It's Christ's Christ face on the wall. I got a call. Come down and, and see this. And it was there. There was also a lot of stuff about the Holy Mother in that. And there was a night we kept watch. We kept vigil. Because we weren't sure they, they were we'll try to get in there and and clean the wall and to do this and do that and disprove this and, and everything like that. And multiple eyewitnesses. Oh yeah, multiple eyewitnesses. Yeah, yeah, it was in the newspaper. It was. It was it was on the news in Buffalo, T V reporters down, everything like that. But the I was sitting there one night and saying my rosaries. And I remember that from back being Catholic school kid. Saying my rosaries and my eyes closed. And I had this feeling that if I opened my eyes, the Blessed Mother was going to be standing right in front of me. I didn't dare open my eyes. I was scared to death to do it. 
after that, there was no more fear. I don't know fear. That was day. before the blood. No, this was well after. Well, I used to go down to that church. You ever walk into some place, and and you may have never been there before in your life, but all of a sudden it's the most comfortable place in the world. That little church, in its old form, before they beautifulized it, if you will, the way that it is. I don't know if you guys have been in there or anything else. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. For a little church, it is absolutely magnificent. But before that, I mean, it was shabby. And Father Bob we keep it open 24-7 back like they used to keep churches and I used to go down there Kathy would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be gone she knew where it was I was down sitting in the back of the church but I would walk in there and it was like as soon as I walked in that door somebody would have worn robe over my shoulders and it just was there was there was no fear there was nothing there was it was just utter peace and this was after well so but when the diagnosis happened and all that what I, I meant by pain is like a, a reality of like, like I'm, I can just disappear all over it. I like to That's what I meant by pain. We can do that any minute, any second. You walk out that door, you can get clipped. Right. But the, we don't, we're not conscious of that all the time. You know, most people, most of the time. Understood. Right, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think, I'm not one of these people. Okay, I'll put, I'm not one of these people. Mm-hmm. And I won't change, try to change somebody else's mind, but I'm not one of these people that believe you've got to have pain to grow. Mm-hmm. I, I really I don't believe that. Yeah. I'd, say, I'd say that, that maybe I, that I think that maybe you don't have to have it to grow, but the purpose of it, if you do have it, is to grow. Is to. Like that's, so if you do have pain, you should channel it into growth. Mm-hmm. It's the healthiest and best way to be. I have a hard time with the people that pursue it, and I know that I like, like for me to, to lose weight to get healthy, I've got to work hard. It hurts. It's hard for me to pursue that. You know the no pain no gain philosophy. It's hard for me. Like I I have to really drum up. Like if I know that something's going to hurt, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And that that is a that's a hurdle that I work through. Wait, are you talking about mental pain or are you talking about physical pain? It could be all of the above, uh, emotional, mental, physical, anything that really like brings the reality check of how fragile our life okay. is, you know, or yeah, how valuable, important another your spouse is to you, you know, to, to really the roots of the meaning and the purpose of your life just go deeper because of. Something very painful. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And like going back to what you were saying about like you don't want to work out or anything because it hurts. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been there Mm because I've been working out with them like twice a week. Mm -hmm. And like, are your knuckles still busted up? No. And and you know what else? The pain. Do you remember when we first started? How mm-hmm. much pain I was in? Yeah, every time. Like, like I was in so much pain, I was bathing and bending. Like when I first started working out, I would get up in the morning and I would hurt. I would I would go to work and they were like I was actually that offensive guy. I was the <laughs> offensive guy. In the office I smelled like like Ben Gay or essential oils or whatever I would put on that day to try to like every joint hurt. That's a metaphor for 
trying to insulate yourself from pain, and then the, yeah. the lowest level of exposure to it, you just have no tolerance. And, and so like, it was like that. It was like that for probably the first month. Mm-hmm. I hurt so bad. I would come home and I would hurt, and I would work out, and I'd hurt, and it was just. And I've done this before. I lost. I've lost. I probably lost five hundred pounds and gained back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As many times as I've lost a bunch of weight and gained back, mm-hmm. maybe even more than that. Mm-hmm. But that. This time, it hurt so bad, and I had to push through that physical pain. And now, today was the first day in a long time that I actually, like, when I got up from my chair a few times today, it hurt. And I have another theory on why some of that's better. I've also been sleeping well. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep well last night, mm-hmm. and I was in pain and all through the day today. Mm-hmm. So I think that getting moving more, yeah. being more active, mm-hmm. and sleeping better, and, and even eating better for the most part has helped that inflammation and that physical pain but when we started that physical pain was so severe for me it was emotional pain too it was hard hard. think about how bad your hands hurt when you you were doing the boxing and stuff like like, we would bust up our knuckles like every day they would just be bleeding and that actually didn't hurt because yeah it just sucked because my knuckles were It's a metaphor. That's why I have to come it, home and work it. out and put myself through some physical, you know, conflict because I sit all day and I don't have any, anything, mm-hmm. anything that you know challenges my body. So if I don't, then I stress myself. I have to stress my body, and then I, I don't stress myself. Exercise is the best stress. Yeah. Are you still doing physical therapy with your? Stuff? No, I can't right now. I pressure wash the darn porch. You know, you constantly shuffle back and forth when you pressure wash, and I managed to open up a quarter size blister on my good foot. Mm-hmm. So I've been up the wound plank a couple of times on that. So consequently, I'm sidelined again now until we get that healed, which means another couple of weeks that I can't go to the Y and, and do the things that I'm supposed to be doing there or the physical therapy or any of this. Because I know that I know that, that would be when we first talked about that process for you and we started having the physical therapy, you almost sounded excited about doing the physical therapy. I am. I, I you, you yeah, because I knew if if I didn't, I mean, it started when I was up in in Erie at CLC uh, Community Living Center at the VA. Uh, if I didn't do it, I wasn't going to get a leg. I'd be one of these guys being up in a wheelchair or a mobility chair. Russia's life, and and no. I don't want to be there. So, that's what I hear. What about swimming? I've had my fellow swimmer. I was on the swim team. I was a diver and everything else. And it's like, yeah, no, I'll I'll work out and I will do, uh, I'll work cardio. But, uh, it's just not. Kathy swims, and and that's her gig, and I don't want to get into something that that we maybe end up being competitive about. I'd rather see her Listen do to this, wisdom. do this on her own, <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't suss her about it or anything like that. Uh, you know, I'll ask her, "Hey, how'd you do? Today? Did you get any extra laps or another half lap or something like that?" And she did, she did, she did. Well, that's up to her. It's not. You know, I told her, I said, "It's completely her gig." Yeah. yeah. So, well, guys, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up our conversation here today? Well, it was nice meeting you. <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you too. Mm-hmm. Hope to see you back here again. And I didn't see where you're that shy. I, I, I'm 
I feel like I'm very shy. <laughs> no. No. Gwyn was nervous before we started it, but I think he did a great job. I'm you held your own. It, it feels like a conversation, right? That's yeah. what I want this to be like. So. Yeah. So, it is a conversation. Exactly. And uh, I was really excited to be able to have conversations uh, with our listeners. And so even if even if we only had one, uh, I think Rob uh, Thompson was on there for a little while, too. Uh, but that's cool. We had, had a little bit on the line. And we'll have more once it goes on the podcast. Where one, one hopes many. Exactly. So, well, guys, thank you guys for listening to us today. And uh, I'm really glad you guys took the time to be with us. Love you guys. Care about you. See you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast. 